meltdown was that? Yeah. So here's the, the backstory that I heard. Um, Corey Clement was running the ball. Uh, he got a good little pop from Xavier McKinney when it was supposed to be, I think, just like thud or wrap up. Like drills. three quarters, yeah. Um, Evan Ingram ran up and shoved McKinney down, and then Logan Ryan ran up from behind and hit Evan Ingram. Pile, Daniel Jones is on the bottom. He's getting mixed in. Joe Judge makes some run laps and do push-ups. It's a very, very bad sign for your team. You know that, right? Um, I, I think I do. I as it because it's my team, I want to be optimistic and say they can turn it into a positive. But I don't know. No, that's that's bad news. It's bad news when your team is is that willing to fight itself that early in the season. And and I and the the we can talk about this on on the show, but the 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 high school response of making them run. I mean, that's not, you're not going to reach professionals, you know, 30 year old professionals like that. I, I kind of agree. I kind of agree with you. I do have some counterpoints to that. Oh God, that of course, of course. Um, you do. Well, no, I mean, it, it's, cause you, cause that's your team. Cause it's my team. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's I my mean, team. And so I, I will say that. And, and if we, have if this part goes on the podcast we you know we could talk about it again when we're on the radio but um for a team that hasn't had any fight for four years i kind of like that but you want them to fight the other right. you want them to fight the opponent not themselves and that's Agreed. that's Agreed. the problem when they're that willing to punch them punch each other after what what's it been a week and a half of practice yeah first day of pads Ugh, and so when, i can say but I can say again, because I kind of follow them and there's been so little of that over the last four years, maybe because, because I, I do tend to agree with you, <laughs> but I'm holding on to, to a little bit of optimism that this is the attitude that Joe judge wants. These are the attitude players that have been wanting to sign with them and, and, come to them through free agency. And this is the culture shift. Things were boiling over because this is, you know, you think about Evan Ingram has had a cakewalk in his NFL career. And, you know, maybe he is a little bit feisty now. Maybe he is tired of being called out for being underwhelming and, and making too many mistakes, dropping too much. So maybe... I'm, I'm going to play this back for you later because none of the things you just said are good things, but you're, but you like, as a fan, that's what you're trying to do is frame them as, as positives, but they're all, ne- they're all negatives. They're all issues. Well, they, they, they won. There's a reason why they were four wins, four wins, four wins. And then how excited am I last year that they have six, right? What were they? Or, or seven. I mean, what do they have? Like, no, there's a reason why I'm, I'm very excited that the Giants, <laughs> Uh, well, it's funny because we could talk about Sala too. Because like I'm, every time he says something, it's like he even had a comment about the about the the Giants fighting and how the well, this is not how we would handle it here. So like every time, I actually I kind of believe in this guy a little bit. I can see why people are are excited. Which guy? Sala, the Jets. I've heard great things. Oh, good, good. Yeah, good. When, when he when he talks, when he a- answers a question, he you can tell he's speaking from his heart, from his brain. Like he he's giving, he's not giving canned answers to everything. It's it's nice. Welcome to Sports Plus Show with Baker, Big D, and Joe. Hi, this is Alex Costello, and you're listening to Valley Free Radio, WXOJ LP, 103.3 FM in Northampton. The views and opinions expressed on WXOJ LP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other host, guest, or programs on this station. And there we are, <laughs> a couple of IDs uh, in there, and welcome to Sports Plus Show with Baker, Big D, and Joe. And so, gentlemen, how are we today? All right. 
It's summer. I'm uh, I'm I'm excited about the Elvis Costello ID. See if we can get him on. <laughs> so the big question is, Daryl, are you pre- prepared to defend your position from last Absolutely. week? Absolutely. Although I must admit, I've done whatever wherever I read this this change in um, the use of guys. So just to to re- bring back, um, sometimes I do feel that I, I get ganged up on. However, when you're old and in the way, that's what happens. So um, it's okay. So I think that I've read that women now consider each other that they can talk about a bunch of guys. So I don't know. But uh, I'm clearly outvoted on this one, two to one. And and so, yeah. Well, go it's ahead. not so much that you're outvoted two to one. It's that you're outvoted six billion to one. I mean, it's not just, <laughs> just Matt and I. I mean, that's just not, that's just, I mean, and I, like I've got half a dozen articles pulled up if you want me to start reading. No, you, no, but. I'm saying uncle right now. I'm saying uncle. And when I do <laughs> find any any backup, I'll come back with it. But no, I'm saying uncle. I'm tapping out. Oh man, I was so ready. Man, all that we, I, I was kind of like, all right, we'll we'll talk about this. Well, give it. I'll, I'll I'll take a, a one minute thrashing. Okay? Well, we don't, it, we don't we don't we don't need, actually we don't need to to make this a Daryl thrashing. But I mean, there's some interesting stuff about about gendered language, especially for teachers. And Matt, you were talking about this, I think, last week that you'd been instructed in workshops when you first started teaching to not refer to your classes as guys. And what I'm seeing now, um, there's an article from the uh, University of North Carolina Writing Center and uh, another one on um, BritishCouncil.org about teachers, uh, even instead of using, by default, we tend to say boys and girls. So to to flip that, because we, we still tend to favor the masculine version at the beginning of the of the phrase so it's very there's some really interesting stuff and maybe i'll post some links in the in the description of the podcast so people can read about this because it's really it really is something that's changed a lot in the media in the last you know well i when i first went to what took my first journalism class was 1993 and we were being instructed at that point to try and neutralize our gender, gender language. So, I mean, it's been, you know, probably happening since the sixties, but it's starting to actually take root now. And I think it's again, something that confuses us old people, but the use of, of multiple pronouns and new pronouns being introduced, I, I think that's accelerated the, the demalification of, of language. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I could, like I said, I said this last week. That was that was um, instructional strategies. First semester, one of the first lessons that we're taught was get rid of. All right, guys, circle up. All right, guys, let's start the game. We we got rid of the guys, um, you know, and and you. It was address the class, boys and girls. I use kiddos a lot. All right, kiddos, line up over here. I mean, but it, it, that suits me as I'm teaching the. Right, the younger right. kids, but um, but there's lots of things, you know, lots of words and phrases you can use. Class, students. I mean, there's a million things you could use. What? So, what year was that? Your your first semester? Two thousand four. Summer of yeah yeah fall of two thousand four. So, so seventeen years ago, that was first point, first day. That was yeah that and that that was me and and, and honestly I, that was difficult for me I was one who you know as in, in instructional strategies I remember it was Doctor Kulan if he's listening, <laughs> um, it, and that was one of the things so we're all teaching our peers and other um, first year PE majors and um, that was very hard because they were our age and it was natural all right hey guys yeah come on over. Um, but, and, and I remember Dr. Kulan saying this is it, it might feel awkward now, but it's how you need to address your class and it will actually be easier when you're looking at the, the little ones. Um, you know, because yeah. sometimes too, that term guys will refer to the peers. And when you're looking at the little ones, you're not going to see them as peers. You're going to see them as little five-year-olds, um, 
Um, and, and that actually was true. But so for me, yeah, that, that calling a group of people guys is kind of out of my vocabulary. So, but, but Daryl, like for, in your education or your professional development, have you ever been coached on not using gendered language? Well, yes. When, when, but, did that... but I missed the guy's lesson, but uh, you know, I'm accepting it. When, did, when did that start? When did they start making that part of your professional, professional? Job? Well, all I know is that when I did my teacher training in the um, early nineties, uh, um, that like I had, to, I had three kids and I had to take a course in uh, human development. <laughs> but like, and, did they, did they talk about, cause I mean, we never had any PD when I talked with you. UMass did some good stuff. They did. Um, they, so you learned about, um, you know, like the library at UMass, how a female uh, uh, student wouldn't want to be there after dark because at the time there had been a lot of um, uh, sort of sexual attacks in uh, around uh, the student union. And so, you know, so yes, we did, we did, uh, they made an effort. Just didn't stick. <laughs> <laughs> what else is new, man? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, I think there are worse things in the world, but I just, I, I sort of tend not to. Well, and that's the thing. As much as I try not to do it, I hear women in the media do it all the time. And even women in athletics, I, I do, I do hear them use the term, but it's usually to refer to a, a audience or a mixed group of people. You know, I, I've, I can't say I've ever heard a, a WNBA player or a, a, women's basketball player, you know, in college refer to her teammates as guys. I mean, I'm but you know, what's interesting. And, and I'm no, I, I'm not a journalist. I, I don't study the languages. I do know though, when I used to take Spanish, right. And they have words, they're sure, masculine yeah, yeah. and feminine words. Um, and when Same you start talking yeah. to a group of all males, you use the masculine term or, or the, you know, ending in, oh, no, again, I'm, right, I, right. I don't study Spanish, right? If you're talking to a group of all females, you you're, you use the A. And if you're talking to a mix, you use the masculine. Right. And it's not just Spanish. Like, like Daryl said, it's French. It's, 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 there's a, a most language actually, most languages actually are gendered in a way that English is not. But yeah, that, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. The default has always been to the male side. And I think, there's a whole different set of articles actually about how to make the adjustments in these foreign languages. And some languages are actually adapting. Like I think it was it Hebrew has adapted has created like a third, um, like a third, like a gender neutral way of handling that. Um, so they're starting to teach that. And even like, you know, um, companies are changing their language. Air Canada used to say ladies and gentlemen. Now they welcome everyone. Um, let me see if I can find, keep going. I'm going to see if I can find this. Um, oh, here we go. Yeah. So German and Spanish speakers, uh, the word key is masculine in German and feminine in Spanish. And so Germans would use harder ter terms like jagged and hard to describe a key and Spanish speakers would use, use words like little, intricate, golden. And, you know, just the only difference is, is the gender of the, the word in those languages. It's some really interesting stuff. I'll post these links. When you guys were a kid, and, and I'll throw a shot at Daryl. I know that might be a little bit harder to recall. <laughs> no, no, I can remember Ted Did Williams' you, last home run. Daryl's still a kid. Yeah, and I am just all a kids at heart. That's why we're yeah. doing this show. Yeah. Is did you pick up on this stuff as a kid? No. Meaning, like, did you when you heard and, and we're all all males on this show, we don't have a female perspective to to answer the same question. When you heard, okay, boys and girls, did that make you think that because they said boys first and you were a boy that you had an advantage over the girls 
Was that a thing in your mind, like hearing the language? I I do think I don't know if it was necessarily that, but the cumulative effect of being a straight white boy growing up in you know where I grew up. I felt like there were a lot of things that I realized were that I had to step up on. You know, it wasn't just, just, you know, I, and you know, my family wasn't wealthy, but my parents were both public school employees for a long time. So we were, we weren't, we, we didn't worry about where the next meal was coming from. We had a nice house in a safe neighborhood. So I think I realized that I had things that, some of my friends didn't have and most of those friends that didn't have things didn't look like me. The friends that looked like me all had the same things I had. So I think I realized, started to realize that I would say probably middle school, maybe around seventh or eighth grade. But as far as the, but as far as like using my own use of gendered language, I didn't, I wasn't, aware of that or taught that until I got to Santa Rosa junior college and took some journalism classes. Thank you, Roger Carricker. (laughs) The, um, for me being a previous generation from you. So growing up, uh, being in high school in the sixties, um, the thing that was kind of clear was that women had very few opportunities for athletics that all the teams were men's teams. So in that regard, I think whether consciously or unconsciously, you begin to feel that, you know, the athletes are men and, you know, there just wasn't the same opportunity other than like cheerleading for, there weren't that many women's sports literally um, in the, in the sixties. And, and uh, then things started to change and title nine is before title nine too. I think title nine was a, a godsend. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I taught Title IX to my fourth graders uh, the importance of it and, and why it was needed and necessary and, and the things. I that, my the reason I was asking that question is because is trying to change or alter a language is it language or is it like is I and I, I don't know the answer to this is language what causes the mindset and actions or is it the actions in the mindset of society that really are the issue? Not so much like whether or not I use the term guys, if I, all right, Hey guys, come line up over here. I'm not using that term in a derogatory, meaningful, no. hurtful way. I'm saying, Hey, everybody come over here. Now. I, and, and I realize I don't necessarily use that term, but my point is, is it the language or is it the mindset? Does the well, language res- create the mindset? Mindset, mindset. I think it's both. And in that respect, the, the, your, your language, it's not about the intent. It's about the way it's received. And if you're, you keep calling your, your class of, of half boys, half girls, guys, the girls are going to start to feel invisible. They're going to start to feel like Daryl's classmates did in 1960. And I think, I think it goes both ways. I think the, the language is always going to be a reflection of society, but if we can make changes in the language, we can change. So like there's the, the forward thinking people, right. Who create the changes in the language and then the changes in the language bring the rest of the, the laggers, bring the laggers up to speed. So I think that's, it's funny because that's kind of where, where the three of us are, because Matt, you and I got this education about the same time. Daryl's came a little later and he also had all these years of, you know, like he said, pre title nine, where, where women weren't even included in this space. So I think, you know, it's, I think we're a good illustration of that. Right. We're actually, I'm no, I am, I am no. All right. So let me say one other thing, which is somewhat of a mea culpa. So I've sort of been on you guys the last couple of weeks about your continued refusal to talk about the Yankees. Um, well, well, <laughs> things have changed. Things yeah. have changed dramatically. The Red Sox are in a funk and the Yankees are coming on strong. The Yankees, I think are only 
three games behind the Red Sox or something yeah, like that. What, so what 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 were we telling you all last month that it's only July? Baseball's a all long. I know is that you didn't have the guts to face the Yankees struggles. But, but you don't have any patience. But, whoa, whoa. Yeah, you don't have any patience. We were ready we're ready to wait it out because we knew No, you were gonna good. wait it out. Yeah, but we're a sports show. You're supposed <laughs> to talk about what's going on. Hey the Yankees are struggling. But I've man. always I've always said hey I was I'm on record of saying they should have been sellers. Interesting, but but wait a minute. But what aren't you like getting Gallo? Uh, isn't that a great move for them? Gallo, Rizzo. I, I, yeah, Rizzo I mean, hey, it's, it's, it's I, love Rizzo. I love Rizzo so oh. much. He's he's definitely my my new favorite Yankee. I hate to say that about a guy who's been on the yeah. team for a week, but yeah, no. This I they I'm did glad. they did really well at the trade deadline, mm-hmm. and the Red Sox did basically nothing. Yeah. Um, hey, speaking speaking of tr- speaking of trades. Um, can we talk about forty-two percent of the NBA roster turning NBA rosters turning over? Good God! Have you guys been f- tracking any of this stuff? I have been. All the free agent signings. You could put a championship team together with just the players who were free agents this year. So you guys know my my stance on on all this stuff with the NBA. No player should ever change teams ever. Right? No. 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 This, it, it, to me, and, and you guys, I, I blame both of you for me paying attention to the NBA because I, I really, I, I, <laughs> Thank I don't you. follow it. Thank I'm you. Not, I appreciate it. Um, I'm not, I, the eye test for me, even though, you know, yeah, you've got Carmelo Anthony signing for one year, the vet minimum, Russell Westbrook is coming over to the Lakers. Um, Dwight Howard's coming back to the Lakers. A a lot of it has to do with the Lakers. Um, The Knicks made some moves, but it's not the player refusing to show up until he's traded. And so even though these teams are being put together, it, for me, it, it, the eye test is a little bit easier of a pill to swallow, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I don't think people hold out like that as much anymore. Because even like if you take Aaron Rodgers, he's he's practicing with the Packers, right? Yeah, it happens yeah. like once every couple of years. I mean, it was hard yeah. before him. It was Westbrook, and then before him, it was Harden again. So it really doesn't happen. Well, Anthony Davis, that's how Anthony oh, Davis yeah. got out of New Orleans. Um so that that is the tough one for me when the players in the off season get together and it's like, hey, why don't you just come play with me? I kind of and and even still like this Lakers, I think if if this Lakers team can win another championship, we'll see what happens. But you look at what they did with their rod; they literally are what are they like an average age of like thirty seven or something like that. Yeah, well, you so, can definitely see that they're they're in it for the for the short run. I think they they realize they well, probably, and they also don't have that many financial um, opportunities right now. Right, but I guess they figure LeBron's only got a couple good years left in him. Right, and Davis, if they don't win, he'll just go somewhere else. Davis, to me though, too, he he's not a guy you can he can't be the alpha dog on a team only because his. Ooh, I he's don't pretty know. spectacular. He, 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 he he's pretty spectacular. He, he's I don't think never healthy. But I, I don't think we can yeah, say no, that. no, no. But he, but he has been healthy. But he plays. His defense is sensational. His offense is sensational. Oh, sure, he's, when he's, he's unbelievable. When he is on the court and he is healthy, he is a top five talent in the NBA. There's no doubt about that. But what I'm saying is, I think if you're constructing a roster and you're like Anthony Davis, build around him. Everything else. It doesn't matter, you know, it'll fall into place. I think your roster is going to have a lot of holes because a lot of games, Anthony Davis isn't playing. Well, I don't think it'll be true this year, but we'll see. But listen, have but do you, you have let me you ask seen, you one more question? Okay. Lakers specifically, do you think this going for it one year, they've gotten rid of Lonzo Ball, they've gotten rid of Kuzma, they've gotten rid of Brandon Ingram, they've gotten rid of Caruso. Everybody who is going to be in the league post Camelo Anthony, post LeBron James, all these guys who are going to be in the league, who are going to be your, the guys that filling out rosters on championship teams. 
is that is, is this a good strategy for the Lakers to go for one? You're the Los Angeles Lakers. You're going you for one you championship. Can't, you can't do this if you're the Rockets or the Heat or the Q. Maybe you can do it if you're the Heat. You can't do it if you're the Rockets or the Sacramento Kings or the Indiana Pacers, but you can do it if you're the Lakers because when those contracts come off the books and they've got $150 million in cap room, there's going to be five star players that are willing to go to the Lakers. People just because, and the Celtics are the same way, right? Which, and Boston and, is is angling themselves to um, to be a big player next summer in the free well, agent. They made some program. some kind of curious moves. Now they have three centers, which I don't know. Well, they traded they traded Moses Brown. I know, but they still have three centers on the roster. Hang on, let me pull right. it up. But they got Tristan Thomas, Thompson. No, they, no, they and, traded him. Uh, yeah, that's right. They did. No, they they've got Williams. Um, their big got, guy is Robert Williams. When they've got Horford and who's the third one? Hang on one second. Uh, oh, no, T- Taco Fall doesn't count. Enos Canner. They just signed Enos Canner. Yeah, Enos Canter. So now they've got three, and they just acquired Horford and Cantor, so they're probably not going to trade either of them, which means Williams is the guy that, that they're trying to trade. No, 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 no. He's their future. Absolutely not. Why do they no. need three centers, though? Why do, why do you go out and spend just, $30 million? I think it's a attrition. Plus, uh, Horford is not really a center. He's as much of a power forward as anything else. And um, it, he's just also – he's a great teammate, and he really is a good player. I, I can see him still being effective well, they at also the end have, of his career. They also have Luke Cornett on the roster who's – Yeah, that know. was a bum. That was a, a, a thing. But, you what, know – What about Taco, um, what about what about Taco Walker? What about Kemba Walker? Yeah, and the Knicks kind of got him for nothing. I mean, basically, they, that's what this, it looks like to me. And I heard this uh, a, a couple of days ago. I forget where, but somebody said, you know, the old Knicks, you look at what they did to get Carmelo Anthony. He was going to be a free agent at the end of that season. It would definitely would have signed with the Knicks with two months left or three months left in the season. They gave up three players and a couple of draft picks for him where they could have gotten him for nothing the next year. And it's something that the old Knicks would have done. They would have traded for him last year when his value was through the roof. Mm-hmm. Instead, they got they they got lucky. You know, they, they he cleared waivers, and I yeah, no, that's that's a great move for the Knicks. So, are the Knicks going to be significant this year? I think they're going to be better than they were last year. The problem is they're and not they made the playoffs. Well, they're not going to sneak up on anybody. The other problem is they're not the only team in the East that got better. I mean, look at Chicago, yeah. Kyle Lowry and Lonzo Ball. Oh no, Lowry went to Miami, right? But Miami, Chicago made Miami good Miami moves. On way up. I agree. I mean, DeRozan, I think DeRozan Knicks, went to Chicago. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. The Knicks' problem is is that I think they did get better, but other teams who were already better than the Knicks also got better. Um, you know, I, I I do remember hearing rumors of a Devin Booker wanting to join the Knicks. No, he um, loves it there. That was at the at the beginning. I, I do remember listening to uh oh what's his name? Uh Windhorse, Brian Windhorse with ESPN. Huh. Um, and he's an NBA insider. He he was throwing that name around. But again, this that was before Phoenix really made their playoff run. So I don't know if he's I have no knowledge of it. I just remember hearing Yeah, still, I don't like, think he's he, going anywhere. He I think he's very happy in Phoenix. The Knicks still need that number one big uh blockbuster, I think, superstar. But but um, you, you guys did see that you guys did see that the um, uh, men's Olympic team uh, yep. has won the championship. Great game! If you guys watched the game, did you guys? Did you? I I'm having box. a little TV problems right now, so I haven't seen him yet. But YouTube right. stores him forever, so eventually I'll I'll be able good, to see him. Good game, five point game, entertaining game. Uh, you know, actually Lillard stepped up in the fourth quarter. And you know, like he hadn't before. Tatum, Tatum was really good. Durant was was Kevin Durant. Maybe he may be the best. He may have just claimed the crown of the best Olympic basketball player ever. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he scored. But 30. I don't. Don't you think he's maybe the best player in basketball? He could be. I mean, I, I mean, the way he played when they beat the Celtics, the way he played defense. He was blocking people at the rim. He was really, uh, besides you know being a great offensive player, he plays good defense too. I think so. you can make an argument right. for him, for Antetokounmpo, and for Kawhi Leonard. I think those are the three 
Those are my my one, two, three right now. I'm not sure which order they're in. I, I would agree to that. I, I I would agree. I mean, I would even think KD, Kawhi, and then um, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I, I I think uh, KD and Kawhi have more in their bag. I think they can do more. Nobody can stop Giannis once he gets ahead. I don't know. Rim, when Giannis hit 15 out of 17 foul shots in the final game, it was like, wow, there's nothing this guy can't do. Well, I'll go you back know. to he my... He can't make a three. I'll go back to my... He little... doesn't need to. He got into trouble when he used to shoot him. He doesn't shoot him anymore. Why should he? He's graceful. He's incredibly lengthy. And so he, he should not take threes. I agree not. with you. That's why I wouldn't put yeah. him like I think I would put but, him. But he didn't in the in the playoffs. He yeah. didn't take threes. I think I'm going to apply my same the same strategy I used to to determine that LeBron's better than Michael Jordan. If you put five Antetokounmpo's on a court with five Kawhi Leonard's, that's a harder matchup to predict, right? Like I think any mm-hmm. of those three, you put you put Leonard against Durant. I mean, I guess Durant would be favored over either of the two. So I guess you'd have to say, yeah, Durant's right. the best player in the league. I think so. Um, speaking of Olympics, uh, I think USA baseball lost to Japan 2 nothing in the gold medal, medal game. I in the gold medal morning. game? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, how about Simone Biles making a comeback to yeah. take third in the balance beam? I think that's pretty cool. I think that's really cool. Yeah, this really, you know, I was kind of trying to, when I said when they started kind of trying to soft boycott these Olympics, cause I thought they shouldn't have happened, but I mean, there were some just well, amazing. And, and you're right. They shouldn't have happened because um, COVID in Japan is going crazy. Yeah. But this, there were just some amazing stories and they're not wonderful. just American stories. And, you know, yeah. just like the swimming and diving and, you know, this, this diver from China, that's going to win four, it's going to win all four men's, the both platforms and both springboards and like only one person's ever done that before. Just a lot of historic accomplishments in, in this year's Olympics that, you know, it's a shame that there weren't fans to see it, but again, it this shouldn't have happened anyway, but um, there was two cool Western mass um, uh, events. One was Dave Hickson. Did I have the name right? I think so. Um, in the, in the synchronized diving, uh, won a medal, and he's he's from Amherst. And then Gabby Thomas, the great female uh, runner, is from Florence, uh, Mass. Wow. And uh, so they've had you know they've had two people that have really really done well. Yeah, I I, I haven't I I've listened and, and paid attention, read a little bit about the Olympics, but this I I think I was thinking about this in my car ride up to Amherst the other day, heading into work. This is the first Olympics in my life I really haven't watched. I have, I don't think I've, I've, I haven't sat down to, to watch really any of these Olympics. And it's kind of, I don't know what it is. If it was just it was supposed to happen last year, happened this year, should it happen this year? And, and But just, your boys aren't interested in that? They don't know about it. I haven't, so, that, yeah, as a kid okay. growing up, my parents, we, oh, we had the Olympics on. Yeah. I remember watching. Um, who was it? Dominique Dawes, that, that women, what they call the, the women's gymnastics team then in yeah. the, um, the Fab Five or something, Shannon Miller, yeah. Dominique Dawes. I, we, we always watch the Olympics. I haven't, I don't think I told them it's even on. That's funny. Cause I think my first, my first Olympic memory at all is, was, I was five when this happened. I don't know how this stuck in my head was Bruce Jenner was watching Bruce Jenner win the decathlon. And then I remember my first really clear one is when I was nine, the U S hockey team. And I remember having to sit up on my parents' bed in my parents' bedroom, watching it on the little black and white TV because because my sisters wanted to watch something gymnastics or something else on the big TV downstairs. So I was stuck upstairs watching, watching that. I never, I'll never forget how, I mean, that was one of the first, real like thrilling sports moments in my life. Daryl, what's your first Olympic memory? Was that, was that the, the Greeks, ancient Greeks running naked? Well, <laughs> no, I remember a uh, Rayford Johnson being a great, um, I think decathlon thing and, and just really yeah. like, really liking him. And then I also remember the high jump was a huge event and it was because it was going it, each year. There was like new, 
new um, oh, you know, you know, records. You know who I met? So that's what I remember from the early. You know who I met and interviewed and who was a delightful human being? Dick Fosbury. The Fosbury oh, flop, the, the high jumper. Flop. Oh, yeah. that was a whole different style, right? Yeah, he was. Uh, a, is that the style that people still use? Yeah, or? where you, everyone went over I, like sideways. For, yeah, he would go over right. like this way, yeah. back, belly first, uh, back way, didn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was a, a graduate of Idaho State. So when I worked at the TV station in Idaho, that's where the the college was, and they had a. Um, um, it, uh, it's, what's it called? It's a huge track meet. It's a giant national track meet that they have at Idaho. The Sturgis um, motorcycle, something right? like that. Yeah, <laughs> but but for high school kids who run, and and he, so he comes to that every year, and he was very gracious, gave us a great interview, and just a really really nice guy, really down to earth guy. So still still you know pr- pretty robust and healthy a few years ago. So hope you hope you're out there, Dick Fosbury. Yeah, the, the thing that I remember too as a kid, and it honestly overshadowed the Olympics, was the World's Fair in New York, and that's when Flushing Meadow first um, came about, and that was just really fascinating. This is going to sound. This is going to sound like a stupid question, but do they still do the world? They don't do that anymore. I don't know. I don't know because the other thing was they had the Pieta, the famous, um, I guess, Da Vinci. Um, sculpture and so you got on a conveyor belt and went by it and it was just incredibly beautiful incredibly beautiful um, but yeah no i really like the world's fair i don't know if they do it i don't think they do do they well, they, so they don't have them in in the west anymore the last one in the in the in north america was in 1986 and um i forget where it said montreal but the next one well there was one scheduled for spring 2015 in Milan. Uh, the medium has changed. Te- themes tend to be more environmental now and less space age and progressive. Um, 1986 in Vancouver was the last one in North America. You know what I don't understand, going back to the Olympics for a second, I don't understand why there isn't a push to just have the Olympics in Greece in a permanent site. Yeah. Um, because every four years, there's all this corruption and, and and bitterness and anger. And then a lot of, like I think in Rio, they were left with these huge stadiums that don't do anybody any good. Well, that's, I just think but that's exactly why. To, Greece, you but but you know the answer is because the IOC counts on getting these bribes every year, every four years. So that's, I mean, it's absolutely the reason. It's it, I was I was just mad when they didn't do the 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 big anniversary in 1996. Right, it was going to be the the whatever that it's one of the hundred increments anniversary of the modern games. So they didn't do that in Greece. I was a little little upset about that but i i agree no, you're right that. you're right though it is but it's sad it, it really is sad because you know like look at japan the, the having the olympics there has really upset a lot of japanese people well imagine and you think about how much you know cities usually lose money on the olympics anyway and now they can't dig couldn't sell any tickets so how much money let's see i'll look that up too uh, <laughs> but, but no it's it's been a it's been a financial yeah, I think I'm it's sure. always been a, a burden, and, and yet yeah. it, 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 it's a very short-term gain for a long-term problem. It's kind of like some of those you know, mid-major football programs, UConn, a few years back, year, actually a few, few years back, going to play in the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma. You know, like when those middle, mid-major programs – it, it costs them a lot of money to play in the bowl games. Same thing with the Olympics. And then you're stuck with cement, um, you know, uh, bobsled things. Uh, yeah. it, it, you're left with a mess. Okay. So here's a question for you guys. So college football, there's basically 130 teams that are in the kind of top, um, top thing. Um, any guess where UMass, and this is three or four different agencies rated them, any guess where the UMass Minuteman football team is ranked? I'm going to say last, which is where they belong and where they yes. have been for it's most a, It was 126, 127, and 130. Yeah, they've, they've, they're at the bottom. CBS does this, you know, bottom 10, and they're always at the top of it. So just yeah. a quick, quick note. Um, 
uh, costs for the Tokyo Olympics are about $20 billion. They're, um, the OOC's revenue projection was $6.7 billion. So that seems pretty rosy. And even at that, they're going to lose $13.5 billion, which is a lot of money, even for a yes. government. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, okay, so uh, football's around the corner. Well, hey, let's. Uh, we, Matt and I were talking about this before you came on, Daryl. But uh, looks like his Giants have already have already fallen apart. They're fighting. Really? I thought I was going to have good things to say about Judge. I thought he was a pretty good coach. Oh well, no, he's his team's fighting each other, and he's making them run laps like they're Pop Warner players. <laughs> I, I agree. It's not a bad sign. Here's. Right, and I talked about this. And actually, actually, you're right, Matt. It's not a bad sign. It's a terrible sign. <laughs> I, I want to be optimistic about this. And... <laughs> Good. You know what? That's very important. Fans have to be optimistic about their teams. No, think... why? 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 Can't because that's that's the whole beauty of it. No, that's the whole beauty of it. The beauty is getting disappointed every year. The beauty is believing. You know, as being a Red Sox fan, even when the ball rolls through Buckner's legs. See, that's you know? the difference between Red Sox fans and Jet fans, is that Jet fans, we know. I know I've got one friend, my friend Angel, is the only optimistic Jet fan. And every year, this time of year, he's <laughs> posting pictures with all his new Jets gear. And this is the year. And he loves, loves the new whoever. But, yeah. man, every other Jet fan I know is like me and knows, eh, they're, they're, they're going to suck this year. They're going to win three games. <laughs> So go back to the Giants. What's with the Giants? So the Giants did have day one, afternoon one of full padded practice. They they had a team brawl. Uh, a team brawl. They they yeah. yeah. It, it was wow. they, it was offense defense team brawl. Um, and not Judge like a was, not like a two two pairs of guys squaring off like a whole team. It was it was a team. It was a pile. Um, uh, Joe Judge was livid about it very upset made him run laps made him do push-ups um you know uh, I, I i'll say this I, I i've said this before i think bill belichick's no nonsense the patriot way is great and all because he wins but i've i've said i don't know if he can win without Tom Brady in the locker room because he doesn't have Tom Brady to have his back when practice is hard. Bill Belichick is a no-nonsense guy. Joe Judge hasn't won anything yet. So does his style turn players off? Does it, you know, I don't know. I, I So far, though, I would say it is, it has worked because players yeah, I don't think he's, do want to come play for him. Although Joe, like I, I, we we said this, you know, if you listen to the podcast at the beginning of the podcast, if if you keep this on, I do agree with you. It, it's not a great sign. It, it's it. I I know it's not a good thing when afternoon one the team already is, is undisciplined and fighting themselves. Well, this, but, you know, it, hey, if they win. It's going it, to, like everything, if they win, I don't think, I think people will look back on this and say, like, this is when Joe Judge created the culture he wants. Because up until now, when I've read this, players were like, we kind of feel glad that we're held accountable now. Under Pat Shermer, under Ben McAdoo, there wasn't accountability. And that's why they were winning four games a season getting blown out without any fight on the field. Well, this is, that's, I'm glad you used that word because this will lead me into the, the contrasting half of this, which is Robert Sala, the, the new Jets coach, which who has kind of, he's taken a couple of pokes at, at the giants. He took a, had a little sort of a dig at the giant fans a couple of weeks ago, but this one, this, you know, after this incident, he said, it, someone, a reporter asked him about a uh, judge making the players run laps and do push-ups, And Sala said, there are many ways to do it. For me, it's more about creating accountability with self rather than forcing account accountability. These players are grown men. 
giving them the opportunity to correct themselves will always happen first. They're not trying to make mistakes. All we can do is help them understand how the mistake was made so they don't do it again. Instead of do push-ups and run laps, which again is very high school and not something, and we see this in the NFL all the time. It works great through training camp and through half a season, and then the players get fed up. They get tired of getting yelled at. We saw this happen with Tom Coughlin. We've seen it happen with almost all of these. And I don't think Bill Belichick is that kind of coach. You talk to his players and they all talk about his sense of humor and what a what a kind guy he is. I think he puts on a different face for the public. And the other thing is, could you ever imagine, Daryl, could you imagine a Patriots team brawling like this in practice? No. Training no, camps? No. 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 And I don't but think before. But I, I'll, I'll say this, though. Again, a lot of the negative opinion articles, a lot of, a lot of them are, are – like even just this morning, my brother sent me an article of four retired NFL players blasting Joe Judge and his style. But I'm like, okay, well, those are four retired players who haven't spent one second in their training camp. So a lot of the negative stuff is on the Wait, outside. They never, played, of, they never played under Judge? They never played under Judge. So oh. it's a lot of the negative, oh, you're high school, it, it's this and that, and, and I, I get it, but it's all outside noise. Well, then we should stop doing this show because we are all outside noise. That's no, all yeah, but No, that, so as a fan, this is why I'm hanging on to optimism. Because right, and same here. I, I'm same hearing here. Logan Ryan... I'm hearing Logan Ryan, who was involved in the brawl, one of the instigators of it, saying, hey, it happens. It's no big deal. You know what we need here in this locker room? We're, we play in New Jersey. We need a little griminess. Oh, We're grimy. If you don't like, I, I will roll no, with Joe, team. Joe, I'm totally with, with what he's saying because I know Cam Newton's going to hit all his passes this year. He's going to be pinpoint accurate. <laughs> Everybody drinks the Kool-Aid in training camp because that's all there is to drink. Right. But you can't drink nothing but sugar water for an entire year. So I'm telling you, all this is going to go very sour, very fast. And the other thing, Matt, you brought up was, you know, winning, winning wipes all that stuff out. How many games are the Giants going to win this year? Six, seven? I So I actually thought... At when the schedule came out, my brother and I, we do this thing every year, we guess. I had the Giants down for nine, maybe ten, just based on who their, what their schedule was. I honestly, though, after, again, and I'm, I'm you're right, Joe, what you, it's hard. The hype train is, is going 100 miles an hour in training camps for teams. You pay attention to negative news more than the positive because everything is meant to be positive to hype up the fan base. And there's not a lot of positive coming out of Giant camp. <laughs> there isn't. So it's I actually I, gonna... I don't think it's fight related. I I unfortunately I think it's gonna be the play of Daniel Jones. Kenny Galladay's injured. Evan Ingram is untrustworthy. I don't like Jason Garrett as a play caller. I, I I'm kind of coming down on that a little bit. If if I wouldn't be surprised if there's six or seven, but I don't think it's fight related. I think it's Poor play. I don't think Daniel Jones is an NFL quarterback. Well, and I remember how upset you were when they drafted him because you know, they had, it was a high draft pick. I think he's a backup. I think he he shows flashes yeah. of greatness, but he doesn't make decisions fast enough. He turns the ball over. Um, he wants to get better. I just don't, I think he'd be a great backup. I think he'd be a good, you know, your starters out for a game or two. Let's hope to get uh, two games out of Daniel Jones. That's what you get out of him. I don't think he's a 17 game starter for your, for a playoff um, team. I just don't. You know, who's doing well is Mac, Mac Jones for the Patriots. Oh, is he? Yeah. He's having a good preseason. Yeah, so yeah, so's, so's Fields. I'm excited. There's a, mm -hmm. a couple of good young quarterbacks that are going to play. Zach Wilson may be good. He may be terrible. He may be screwed because he's playing for the Jets. But, um, yeah. Sam Darnold's looking pretty good over there in Carolina. Trey Lance is looking good in um, uh, San Francisco. I, I had said a couple of weeks ago on, on the other show that I've been guesting on, 
that the most Jets thing ever was them not signing Zach Wilson. But I think the most Jets thing ever would be if Sam Darnold made the Pro Bowl. (laughs) You know what's unfortunate for Sam Darnold? He had Adam Gase as a coach. He Again, talk about a career that potentially could have gotten ruined before it had a chance to get going. Um, well, I, no, his Darnold, Darnold's career had a chance to get going. He played a lot of games and was never really very good at any of them. He never got coached. Yeah, but to a certain degree, I, I don't think, you know, to some some talent can overcome bad coaching. And if he was, you know, and again, I don't know how much of it was mentally couldn't keep up with the with the speed that's the thing that that kills quarterbacks right is they can't adjust to the speed of defenses and i think that was one thing he never got used to and that's it's half a mental thing but it's also half a you know footwork and arm arm speed and release and arm strength and an internal clock that knows how much time you have right and if those things don't develop in your first you can develop those in your first two or three years in the nfl without having the best coaching, you know, and, and Adam Gase was his head coach, but he wasn't his quarterback's coach. And there's, you know, instruction that happens at that level that I'm sure was better than Adam Gase's administrative skills as a head coach. And that's what, you know, the head coaches in the NFL now are, are just managers, really managers managers. and their staffs are so huge. So I think, you know, and some of them too are, are, doing personnel stuff. So I think as far as, you know, player education and player training, the head coach doesn't have a whole lot to do with that. Yeah, no, that's fair. But I mean, we'll see. I've I've heard decent things about Sam Darnold and actually his connection with another ex-Jet over there in Carolina now, Robbie Anderson. Remember Um, him when he played for the Jets? Yeah, who's actually their best receiver for a couple of years, which so says a lot about where they were those couple of, those couple <laughs> yeah. of years. So th- I, I'm reading some some good things about them there, but you know, eh, we'll we'll see what happens. Sean Watson, have you been following any of his saga, whatever you well, want to call I, it? I saw he, he's been mentioned in in some trade rumors, but uh, what what's the latest on the on the lawsuits? They're in the process. I think the the league is still waiting for more things to happen. I think the expectation is once the league right now he is injured, um, and I, I it sounds like it's kind of a mutually agreed upon injury that's kind of keeping him out of practice a little bit. Huh. Um, it's the expectation is that he's going to be put on the commissioner's exempt list, right? To the, to the start of the season as things play out. Um, the, what I, I think I read out yesterday, the Texans have stopped receiving trade calls for Deshaun Watson. Sounds like they're kind of sticking to him being the guy. So we'll see how – I'm not really sure how this is going to play out because well, I don't think he's going to play this year. Well, that's the thing. If he doesn't I don't, I, I don't think you can – This year – yeah, it's interesting because there's there's some articles that say they're they're um, talking to the Eagles, and then there are other articles pretty much from the same day that says the they're they're sort of paused, waiting for the outcome. And I don't, I don't think you can trade them until this is resolved. I think. But, but I, I didn't mean I don't I don't want to cut you off. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, but but if you're a you know if you're the Eagles and you can get them for a fifth round draft pick right now, I think you'd do it. You take the risk. Like I think, though, if if you're the Texans, if you don't trade him now, does his what happens next year? Does his stock go up or is it down? Like I feel like now you're going to potentially get the most for him. Well, I think either it depends on what happens. If he's suspended, his value is zero. If he's exonerated or just not punished or fined or whatever, then his value is back to being, you know, instantly more than it is right now. Cause I think now there's still, if someone were to trade for him now, there's a lot of risk involved. You know, that he'll never play for but you. What, wouldn't you like, I would think any trade would be all, it would all have conditional language anyway. 
I don't Meaning, know. If, like, I don't know how much you. I don't know how much yeah. of that you could actually do. I don't know. But I think he's really he's ruined. Not ruined, but he's definitely devalued his his value. But what I what I like, and I don't I don't even know if this is possible. If I'm if I'm the Eagles, because I I have heard them being sort of front runner, making the most noise, trying to get him. I would try to base the trade based on how many games I would get him to play. Meaning if he's, if he plays, if he's eligible to play in one to four games this year, I'll, when it's all said and done, here's the, the draft package, the picks I'll give you. If he's el- eligible to play in five to nine games here, these are the picks I'll send you. If, if I get them for the whole season, here's the package out, you know, so could it be, um, like a contingent type of trade deal based on his eligibility. And then if he's not traded this year after missing a whole year is a team, what, what is a team you haven't played football in a year? What am I really going to send you? Well, how, how dare I bring ethics into this? But I think if you're having a trade negotiation and you're having to put clauses like that in it, wondering right. if a player is going to be right. yelled for rape, then right. maybe that's not a discussion you should be having. So I, I, well, hold on. I, I don't, I, is he being, is it, I thought it was just sort of sexual misconduct and I don't mean to downplay that, but I thought it was sexual misconduct and sexual assault. I'm not it's sure exactly not what the rape. charges are, but he did apparently force women to perform oral sex on him. So I, I would consider yeah, that. Then they, yep. yeah, it's, it's in the ballpark, at least. I don't know exactly what it's called yeah. in Texas, but, um, you know, some sort of forced. Anyway, um, it, nothing again, nothing that you want on your quarterback's rap sheet. So, Daryl, I have a quick question for you. Yes. Um, would you take would you give us Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart for Damian Lillard? Uh, no, I don't want Jalen Brown to go. I just don't want him to go. I don't care. You know, no, I don't want, you know, because Dame Lillard is great, but he's 31 and um, Jalen Brown's still 25. And the amount of improvement that he's shown, he couldn't shoot or handle the ball much when he first started for the Celts. And he's now an excellent, excellent ball handler. So, so you're still yeah. sticking to the, the contention that, that Brown and Tatum are going to win you a championship. I hope so. But I mean, clearly they need uh, they need Robert Williams to become a center, or they need to, you know, they need they need some stuff. They're trying, they're going after Schrader. Yeah, yeah. Well, so again, need, though, again, though, if they bring him in, then what what happens to Marcus Smart? Like they've got now he, three Marcus point guards. Is a, is a great off the bench player. He is not a starting point guard. In oh, the NBA. he's you know, he's a great energy guy off the bench, and he can cover point guard but he is not a starting point guard well i think he's like a one and he's not necessarily a point guard he's like a one and a half he's right. sort of like like mccollum like he's not quite a shooting guard not quite a point guard but i, I i'll take him i'll take him i'll take him and put him on my, my starting lineup yeah no i don't want i i love smart i don't want him uh traded and I don't want Brown traded, but you know what? It's interesting. I think that Stevens is moving in a good direction and he's, he's creating some financial uh, freedom on the team. So we'll see. They look like they're going to be big players for big time free agent uh, next year. I think well, that's what they're angling toward. And I, I definitely think they've got a, at least one more, maybe two more moves you know, if they bring in another guard, yeah, then they've got an, another move left in them this offseason. Right. I think a lot of teams still do. It's going to be interesting. Right. Very interesting. Yeah, uh, Matt, you got to become a, a, a basketball fan. And Ben Simmons is still Ben Simmons. Yeah, ben Simmons is not a sixer. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like, how, you know, Ben Simmons is such an enigma to me. How can you shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and never get better? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, because he's 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 one of the best defensive players in basketball. And if he just had a semi-reliable 15-foot jump shot, he'd be top, top dog. Well, and it's a shame to look at a player that's that good and say, well, you know what, we'll have him play 17 minutes a game. 
we'll have him come off the bench. And he won't play the fourth quarter because he can't, his, he can't risk being fouled. Miss identified, no? Like, don't you guys, do you guys think that he was playing? Uh, he was right a spectacular really? point guard. He's spectacular. His passing is, is great. But he's, I think he should be a small forward. He's big enough, and his game is all inside. Or a point forward. That's, yeah. 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 Let him yeah. be a, a, a fantastic. Do you think he'll be traded? Forward. I kind of think the same thing, Joe. I'm almost positive he'll be traded before. I think that starts. Philly yeah. wants to trade him. Yeah. They have to. Philly's, Philly's a little bit like Boston, is that they're, even though, I mean, they're better than Boston, but they don't appear to be in a position to win at all. Yeah. And B like needs a guard who can just run pick and roll all day, and that's they mm-hmm. would be, they would be unstoppable. Well, thanks a lot for listening again to. Uh, Sports Plus, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next Saturday. Uh, enjoy yourselves. Thank you, everyone. Not guys, everyone. <laughs> yeah, have a great week, everybody. I'm not giving up that argument. I am not giving it up, but I did zero research on it, so I've been a little busy. I'll send so. you some. I'll send you some articles. <laughs> and you can't. You can't pull out an article from like 1968 either. <laughs> <laughs> Meryl, enjoy your. Uh family time safe travel yeah. see you guys all right see you